Well, good evening and welcome to Couch Potato Radio here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. Derek Hansen with you. We're going to have a little look at the outdoors coming up. And then tonight, it's Thursday Night Football. And uh, pleasure to have with us again because it is the Broncos at the uh, New York Jets. Ryan O'Halloran, he's a West Fargo native, has been a, a beat writer in uh, the NFL for quite some time, previously with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is Ben Elveson's team from Holly, Minnesota, and now with uh, the Denver Broncos. Ryan, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, Derek. Uh, greetings from New Jersey. <laughs> yes, that is weird. So you, you are outside of the city, right? So you, and you usually try to go inside the city, I'm sure, with everything that's yeah. been going on with the pandemic. It's just better to hunker down where you're at, you're at right now? Yeah. Yep. I, I flew into Newark on Wednesday and sort of been at the hotel the whole time, and you're right. I mean, usually when uh, a trip to the Giants and Jets means uh, you know going to the theater or going to have great dinner in the city, not this time around. Yeah, yeah, it's a little odd. That is for sure. Well, let me ask you about this because I mean, it's been such a strange year. Uh, you know, sixty game schedule. You only get to see sixty two games of the Twins, your hometown teams, growing up in West Fargo. That's depressing for me. You grew up watching the Vikings. They're zero and three. And no fans, you know, and, and everything that's going on. No buys in football going on except for one game this Saturday. It's just, it's been bizarre being sports people, hasn't it? Yeah, and, you know, every time you think you're trying to create some normalcy, there's a setback with the Titans and the Steelers. Um, you know, the Broncos have been, you know, pretty diligent. Vi- vi- diligent, uh, excuse me. I'm making up words already today. Yeah. Um, in terms of avoiding covid as much as you can. Uh, they've had only one guy on the list since camp started, but, but you're right. I mean, I barely watched any baseball because I started when camp started. Right. Um, and then I boycott twins playoff games because it's so depressing. So, yeah. I usually, uh, but, here's so my, here's my deal on it. I enjoy the journey so much in a normal year. Like, the whole start to the season, I can always rely on eighty-seven, ninety-one. Unlike the Vikings, I don't have that, you know. So, and I just yeah. think about, you know, the 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 you know when I'm mowing, I get to listen to the Twins. When I'm out in my pontoon, I listen to the Twins. I didn't get as much of that this year, so I usually enjoy the journey so much. And people yell at me, "Well, you should be more mad because they always fail." I'm like, "Well, it's you know we go right into football seamlessly." But I really had high expectations for this offense, and they just uh, they were nothing there. So that's my two cents on why. The twin season this year upset me more because I really thought they had a chance to really blow teams away. Yeah, and you know it's a it's a it's a you know best of three on your home field, which oh. you know there's no crowd, whatever. But at least you know try and force a third game, and but at least they get swept by the Yankees again. Yeah, well that's that's just it too. What's it like? You know, no fans obviously for baseball. That was more of a collective bargaining deal. It's different in the NFL. Have you been to in the three games that you've covered so far? Have you have you been to a? a I haven't really looked at a stadium with fans. Uh, yeah, last week in Denver they had fifty seven hundred. Okay. Um, and you could barely tell the difference, other than you could see them sitting there. Like tonight, there's going to be no fans at MetLife. That's a state order. And it just it really hit me two weeks ago uh, in Pittsburgh, and that's a downtown stadium. There's tailgating. There's people around the city. Well, you get dropped off, and you're just walking by yourself into the stadium. It is sort of it was very eerie, to say the least. Well, I was at Lambeau last year for the Vikings-Packers game, and I, I thought about that in the Lions-Packers game a couple weeks ago. I just couldn't imagine. I mean, that whole city it, it's it's about game day, right? I mean, for those yeah. ten day, ten Sundays, and then into the postseason, even including the two preseason games, I can't imagine the economic impact to that city for those ten days. 
Yeah, and, I, and it is probably an unpopular opinion. I've been full of them this year. I think it's ridiculous that there aren't uh, fans at games. I mean, I'm not expecting 60,000, but these are massive, massive complexes that can safely welcome 10, 12, 15,000 fans. That's not going to make or break your you know, economic impact, but it is going to you know, basically say, hey, let's do this as a soft opening and increase the numbers. Make sure there's no positives after these people come to the games. Instead, uh, you know, part for the course, uh, people panicked. Yeah, and well, I'm a hundred percent with you. I've been on a rant about that. I mean, U.S. Bank Stadium—they're treating 250 people. You can't treat U.S. Bank Stadium the same as you do like a a, a ballroom hall for a wedding, right? I mean, that's just, it's ridiculous. It, it's it's just—I don't get that. There's more. There's more than 250 people in the Dilworth Walmart after church for crying out loud. I don't I don't understand that whatsoever. And even like okay, so I'm doing a high school game in my hometown coming up on Saturday night. It's a pretty big athletic complex where people could take their folding chairs and have distance, but they only allow 250 people in an outdoor complex like that. I, it, it's it's kind of where your regulations go a little too far. I don't know if you agree with me, but yeah, I do. And, and you know, like, uh, I'll give you one more example. I was in Minneapolis this summer visiting my brother and his family, and my nephew had hockey practice. They couldn't stay. Yeah. They dropped the kid off, tied his skates up, and went and had breakfast. Uh, to me, that's totally asinine. You know, and speaking selfishly, I mean, I, I, I get tested five, six times a week by the Broncos because I'm in a certain media tier. It's nice peace of mind, and it's literally a 30-second sit-down. Well, right, and and so you're doing rapid tests. How quickly do you find out your results? Um, it's it's usually the next um, the overnight. You know, if I get it at you know uh, nine a.m., I usually get an email in the middle of the night huh. because with the Broncos, they have to have all their tests ready by eleven a.m. Then they have to fly them to Houston. That's interesting. Uh, Ryan O'Halloran with us. He's a West Fargo native. He is the uh, Broncos beat writer for the uh, Denver Post. Uh, Broncos at Jets tonight, and uh, much like we talked about the Vikings, there's some desperate teams right now in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, both these teams are, you know, have had terrible starts, and the Broncos have lost two one-possession games. They blew the Tennessee game in that week one Monday nighter. Broncos probably... Sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah uh, they're running out of bodies. They're on their third quarterback in as many games tonight. Lost Von Miller, lost Cortland Sutton, lost Jarrell Casey, whereas the Jets... They played a very tough schedule. They just haven't been competitive. And let's put it this way, Indianapolis's defense outscored the Jets' offense the other Sunday. Yeah, well, it's it's tough. Of course, I'm bearing the lead in these neck of the woods. Uh, Derek Tuska, what's the word there? How's it going for him? Well, he's on the you know he's on that practice squad uh, active roster merry-go-round, and you know he's benefited from the new rule, which allows you to call guys up uh, and then put them back down without clearing waivers. He's used both those chances. He got called up to the active roster uh, yesterday because of uh, Jeremiah Tachu's quad injury. But you know, expect him to play a lot of special teams tonight. And you know, I think Derek really was one of the uh, you know losers, so to speak, from not having a preseason games because you know in camp you can only do so much with your pass rush moves. You really can't show if you can play the run or not. Um, so if he gets a shot on defense tonight, that'll be a big step forward for Derek. I mean, I think he was also hurt by the fact that the, there wasn't the traditional workouts on campus, right? I mean, COVID hit right when those guys are supposed to be looked at by NFL scouts, and he might have been a little bit higher than a seventh-round draft pick. Yeah, and, you know, he trained. He, he did all his uh, pre-combine training about five minutes in the Broncos facility, so he was sort of on their radar. But you're right, is he didn't, you know, the pro day, um, 
you know, the individual meetings where you can go to other teams, not work out, but at least say, hey, you know, let's talk about your fit. But, uh, you know, for Derek's sake, he's just glad he got drafted. You know, that gets, that gets him in the building and, and uh, you know, at least on the roster for tonight. Is he a guy that they think they can mold? I mean, certainly he's learning from one of the best uh, defensive people, you know, minds around and, and, and just kind of the people around him. And you got Von Miller as someone you can certainly get some information from. Yeah, it should be a gold mine for him. And Bradley Chubb, the same thing. I mean, he, I think Bradley Chubb's one of the you know, top leaders on this defense. And, you know, I think for, for Derek, it's making the transition from North Dakota State to the Broncos while learning a new position. And they'll say, well, he, he, you know, he, he stood up all the time. The games I watch, he has his hand on the ground. So dropping in the coverage, that's a transition. And he's got you know, to add weight and get stronger. I mean, he went, he went against DeMar Dotson in training camp, who started 100 games in this league. And it was tough sledding much of the time. But I, you know, for Derek's sake, you go against a guy like that, and you only get better. Ryan O'Hallen with us, West Fargo native on Couch Potato Radio. He's the uh, Broncos beat writer for the Denver Post. And uh, Derek Hansen with you here on KFGL. I got, I got to ask you because uh, kind of a similar his teammate, Ben Elveson, going down to play tight end for a team that you used to cover with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is amazing. You know, you and I are pretty close to the same age, and you graduated, I think, a couple of years after I did from uh, down in Kansas State. But if you would have told us when we were in high school, Phil Hansen was the anomaly, right? Now you're just expecting to see guys from North Dakota State in the league. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's just interesting. Like, in a normal year, you get the month of December, and NDSU's on national TV more than NFL teams. Right. So you become familiar with these guys, you know, uh, you know, Matt Veldman, former tight end, he was in Jaguars camp several years ago, uh, but got banged up. And, you know, you just sort of expect NDSU guys, one or two of them to get drafted every year. And then, you know, let's face it, the anomaly is a Carson Wentz, is a Trey Lance. But they also produce a lot of good linemen that are a lot of good values on the day, day trading straps. Yeah, no question, of course, that, you know, the Billy Turner be a guy that uh, we're all familiar with that there. I mean, you saw him up close and personal now with the, the Packers, and, yeah, it's just amazing. Another lineman's really highly regarded this year. You know, you mentioned it, too. When you you and I grew up, it was, well, you had uh, Chris Sindorn, Arden Beachy, Jeff Bentram, that type of thing, and then to think that one guy is being selected second overall in 2016, and another guy is talking about maybe playing his last game ever at NDSU on Saturday and possibly top ten. It's crazy to think, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, an early entry player from NDSU, yeah. that takes it to a new level. and That's one thing me and Gus Bradley talked about quite often when he, we were in Jacksonville is, you know, when I was going to games at Dakota Field, it was Division Two. It's Morningside, Augustana, North Dakota, St. Cloud, Mankato, et cetera. Now they uh, have taken it to a whole new level at the FCS, at the, uh, FCS level, and it's uh, pretty fascinating to watch. Yeah, no question. Well, you know, to think as someone who's a Gopher fan, to think that you go down to Iowa and beat Iowa, that's not easy. That's been a struggle for my team, and then they did, did it a few years ago. It's, it's just hard to believe that is for sure. What's your take as far as the uh, the NFL as a whole here? Just the way things are going, you know. We, yeah, obviously, we had the Tennessee thing. I was, uh, what well, I was a little shocked that if you have a few positives, I understand they're doing as much testing as you just mentioned. That they closed down the facility for as many days as they did down in Nashville. I mean, all the way to Saturday. Is that a little overdoing it? What's your take on that? Well, 
when they when they announced that on Monday or Tuesday, I was like, okay, it's going to be tough to play a game on Sunday. Okay, maybe they play Monday, maybe they play Tuesday. Um, but I think what the, the sort of the idea about closing down the facility is, hey, make sure everything is disinfected and cleaned, and everybody gets the you know drive-through testing. You know, the Vikings closing their facility was out of an abundance of caution. Sure. I expect them to be back to work and, and play Sunday in Houston. But, you know, the NFL, this is, this is another one of their challenges right now is how do you get, how, you know, to get 16 games in, you have to rearrange some bye weeks, make sure the Titans and Steelers find a way to play. You know, two months ago, I thought the most likely scenario would be that you have a handful of games can, uh, postponed throughout the season, and then you create a week 18 to fill those games in. And then you move, you know, then you move the playoffs back a week. But, uh, you know, this is a, you know, this is a pothole, so to speak, and hopefully it's uh, completely isolated. I, you know, I, that is one thing. I think a lot of people said this too, where you almost have two weeks off between games. And for the NFL and TV wise, it'd be great for them. You could have the Super Bowl at the first week of March, and I think everyone would be pretty honky dory. And that, that might be because there is not a lot of room for error going with the schedule as is. Yeah. Well, I think if you if you gave the network executives a choice of when they'd want the NFL playoffs. They'd want it all in February. Yeah. That's a ratings, that's a ratings desert. <laughs> exactly. Not a lot going on. Um, and I think eventually you'll see the Super Bowl played you know, on President's Day weekend. And, no and maybe question. Maybe even this year. Yep. I, I've said that for years. The Super Bowl Sunday is going to be on President's uh, – uh, everyone complains about they want Super Bowl Saturday. The President's Day, it's not everyone gets that day off, but there's no doubt that Monday – that's going to be the. It's going to be the the way here eventually, right? I think so. And you know, you have an expanded playoffs, so you get more more teams involved. And what you do for the NFL is you just push push the calendar back. Yep. Um, your your combine is then a week later. Your free agency, your draft is moved up. Uh, moved, excuse me, moved back a week or two. So I think it's a pretty easy fix. Um, it's just a matter of then when you want to start the season. I've always thought they've started the season too late. Um, but maybe even add a add a buy in there somewhere. Yeah, I kind of like the season. I'm a little different because some of the nicest weather we get around here is in September. And I like the baseball being able to have a little bit, but and, and have the NFL go in the winter, as you mentioned, because February is really the uh, it's kind of a wasteland for sports time because you're in the regular season of the winter sports, which is fine, but it's not it, it's just not as much meaning. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, the dog days of the NHL and NBA are in that February period yeah. before the trade deadline, before the playoff push. And I think the concern for the NFL is um, how comfortable are you holding a potential NFC title game the first week of February in Green Bay or AFC in Pittsburgh or Foxborough, where the weather is such that it would uh, you know, impact quality of play. Before I let you get back to work here, so Broncos, Jets tonight, we all know, I mean, where the power is in the AFC West. Uh, is anyone going to challenge? This has got to be killing Bronco fans. And we talked about this after they won the Super Bowl last year, that the Chiefs, they don't look like they're missing a beat right now. And that is uh, not good news for the people in the Mile High City who can't stand Kansas City. No, it's terrible news. And the only <laughs> thing worse for Bronco fans would be if the, if the Raiders were also 3-0 and because they pretty much hate the Raiders more than the Chiefs. Right. But this is a division that runs through Kansas City, and it really runs through Patrick Mahomes' right arm. If he stays healthy, they will find ways to continue to make life miserable. And, you know, if you're the Broncos, if you can find a way to win at night, it keeps you alive for another week or two. Um, but, you know, maybe Drew Locke comes back for New England. But it's a, this is a AFC West dominated by the Chiefs right now. 
Well, I guess I want to wrap that up. Interesting, because I have cousins in Kansas City, and it's much like the you talk to a lot of Packer fans. The older generation Packer fans really can't stand the Bears, but some of the newer ones really hate the Vikings more. And I get, I think it's also geographic of where they're at, right? As far as Wisconsin, I'm sure people in Milwaukee hate the Bears more than they hate the Vikings, but. Uh, there is kind of a the old school Raiders thing, Al Davis versus the Hunts, that old older generation. But I know a lot of people in Kansas City, they, going back to the LA years, they hate the Broncos as much as anything. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and when I was in college at K State, when and that was during Marty Schottenheimer's uh, tenure, you know, Marty came in. He he basically he identified the Raiders as their rival. Yeah. I mean, they had Raider Week. Um, the Broncos were still, you know, sort of in their wheels a little bit till Shanahan came in. So it's, uh, you want to say it's, uh, the rivalries are cyclical, but in, the, in this division, you know, some of these have been going on for literally, you know, 50 years. Well, longer than we've been alive, that is for sure. Well, enjoy your time. I'll let you get back to work. Uh, and I guess it's going to be strange there. Uh, no fans. Do they actually hear the fake crowd as much in the stands? Is, is that audible? I mean, it, it, or how does that go? Um, I haven't been able to hear it too much um, with these glassed-in press boxes, so I, I would expect that to be the case tonight as well. You, you'll be able to hear it better on TV than I will. Yeah, interesting. Well, safe travels to you. Uh, be good. It's always fun catching up with you, and we'll talk with you down the road some at, at some point this season. I always enjoy talk, talking to you about the NFL and everything else. All right, Derek, anytime now. Thanks. He is a West Fargo native, Ryan O'Halloran, longtime NFL beat writer. He was uh, actually the first time I ever ran into him. Well, I think he, uh, his father actually gave me his number. It was when Kansas State was undefeated in 1998. It was kind of a year of the purple where Kansas State was rolling and the Minnesota Vikings were rolling, and both those teams of purple kind of fell on their face uh, in the uh, Big 12 championship game for Kansas State. Had a tough game against Texas A&M, and then the uh, Minnesota Vikings, well, I don't have to explain that story for Viking historians, but uh, Ryan O'Halloran, West Fargo native, longtime beat writer, and uh, was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Holly's Ben Elson is now, and now where uh, Bison's uh, Derek Tuska is with the Denver Broncos. So we do have the Broncos and Jets coming up. We'll talk more about that. Also talk a little outdoors coming up. This is Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 KFG.